happy Wednesday, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hitchcock Minute, a show where each week teams of Movies by Minutes hosts get together and talk about probably one of the greatest uh, adventure films that Alfred Hitchcock ever made, the 1959 thriller North by Northwest. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com, uh, the Apollo 13 Minute, the Airport Minute, the Rocketeer Minute, and a couple of others. And I'm uh, Hal Bryan, also of the Rocketeer Minute and the Experimental Aircraft Association, which uh, which gives me unique and profound insights into the world of hotels. Um, actually, it does nothing of the kind, which is why we've asked Peter to come back. Uh, joining us again after a terrific episode yesterday, uh, Peter, uh, CEO of uh, Dahlonega Hideaway Havens, like we talked about. Welcome back. Thank you. A real pleasure being here. And for the record, I've been on planes, and I'm a big plane uh, fan also, so... Just FYI. That's terrific. Uh, you sit, normally sit in the back then, or do you uh, work your I, way up front? <laughs> uh, you know what? The go, good old days, I used to be, uh, back when I used to travel, hard to believe, 30 weeks of the year. Um, oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. Being a Delta Platinum, you know, getting on that plane that extra seven minutes early just meant all the, the all the things in the world to me. And so now my priorities are, are, are much different. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine but uh, no, real pleasure being feeding here. The Thank you. And, yeah. yeah, feeding the dogs and uh, well, making beds. I'm very good at that now. Yeah, making <laughs> Yes, you've worked your way up to housekeeping. Yes, so uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we're back with the uh, with this very helpful, kind of too helpful desk clerk who's willing to turn over much personal information about their uh, their their guests to a mm. total stranger covered in chalk dust. But you know, I suspect that would not have seemed uh, strange at all in the world of. Uh, 1959. Yeah. Would it? Would that have seemed fairly normal? Would you? That have been a reasonable expectation at that point in our history? Peter? Yeah, you know, I guess. Hello, Peter. uh, I'm right here. Right here. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you are. No, I was actually giving it, I I was contemplating my answer. Uh, You know, Ah. it's, when you look at this minute, there's a few things that are taking place that, uh, it's interesting now that you know, if you didn't have a context of what is happening, you wouldn't necessarily connect the dots, but it's, uh, there are certain things that happen during this minute that you rarely see in this day and age, besides the obvious of him sharing information, specifically the room number. And I like how Kaplan tries to bluff him. Well, you know, it's he, he, he was doing it. He didn't ask outright for the room number. He was like saying, can you kind of help me remember the exact room number? So it was just fortuitous for her that she was the only person who got on the elevator. If you think about it, (laughs) because otherwise now I think she's on, it was room four, five, seven, eight. uh, (laughs) You know, if you think about it, they go, Oh, how convenient. She was the only one who got on the elevator. Nice. You know, uh, uh, yeah. but uh, I mean, that's the first thing I thought of. But I saw that minute. Uh, so no. Well, and that was really clever on on Kaplan's part, too. That was that was pretty astute to watch the elevator and and take note of the number uh, where it stopped and things. And then, you know, and then use that information fairly casually. But at this point in the movie, he's kind of catching on to the spy stuff. Yes. Yeah, and it, but and it never hit him to just lunge across the lobby and jump on the elevator and go, hey, where are you going? Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> Ignore me. Now, mind you, this scene was recreated uh, for Jason Bourne. 
Really? S- ah, yeah. Okay. Silence. Oh, oh there. Oh, you got. I, I did, I, I did <laughs> my research. I, I, yeah, did, I did my research. Thank you. No, Jason Bourne. I, what he does, if you recall, well, if you don't recall, I can. Uh, let me give you a quick refresher. Uh, what he did was he calls the hotel on his cell phone, and goes to the opera. Goes uh, the front desk, uh, answers the phone, and he asks for her. He goes, hold on, please. So he puts the phone in his pocket, and he turns around and he starts talking to the front desk and sees what room number he plugs in to transfer the call to. Ah. I'm here to help in any way possible. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here to, I'm here to, you know, give gravitas to this uh, minute for you. So this was a this was a flighty escapade until you correct correct. And Um, and goodness, I do. I do. I hadn't thought about that scene. And if you think about it too, what I found interesting was uh, this was harking back to the old days that you have a gentleman, a very. I thought the gentleman who was who run the elevator, I thought his posture was terrible. But that's just a personal yes. opinion. <laughs> uh, the only thing missing there was him, like, uh, using a nail clipper on his hands or something. He, I mean, does, does, does he not look um, – yeah. I don't want to project, no, uh, but I, uh, I found his – Yeah. I mean, that, that could be That could be their – that could be their um, – uh, one of their ways of getting people off the streets and into a job. So you've got to consider where that might be. You must well, wear this uniform. Was his, yes. His <laughs> yes. right leg is sort of cocked. He's really, right. he's really kind of slouching. I wonder, if, was he was he the night shift guy and he's got 10 minutes left before he gets to go home? And go it's got to gotta be something like that because I don't understand yeah. how that all played out because usually you, you look at the, uh, the doorman, you know, great posture, almost like an attention, and then you transition to inside, and this is what you get. I don't understand. Right. It, it seemed a little. Um, it was. It was an interesting uh, scene for me personally. To think that that's your guy running the elevator. You know, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it could be just you know, it's old Chicago kind of a thing where this is a, a mob guy who had connections, and this is Uncle Uncle Bob who needed a job when he. You know. he he's a friend of ours, as they yeah. say. Good wow, man. you guys Although really you don't have to take a narrative and go the extra mile with it. I like yeah, that. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a made elevator operator. Yeah. Um, Although you just imagine somebody looking at that guy and say, look, I might as well run this elevator myself. Right, and, right, and, get out of the way. And now look where we are. No, thanks. Uh, look, you look just where stay that here. I'll, be, yeah. I'll, I'll send it back down to you. I said the fifth floor. The fifth. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, go on. I do, I do want to point out something about the elevator, uh, the indicator lights. And uh, the indicator lights show that it is an it's an otis elevator simply because if you look at the number eight in that grouping that number eight that has the uh that has the 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 floating uh holes in it that they're not connected uh that that was an otis achievement that they did lucite on top of brass and then they etched it out of the lucite and that was promoted by uh by an architect named Eero saarinen and he would later use that very same uh, technique uh, in a, a building known as the known as BlackRock. It's uh, CBS headquarters in New York, and uh, he used lucite throughout on all the signage, just so that he could make sure that they didn't have the stenciled look on the on the letters and the numbers. So this is a obviously this is an Otis elevator uh, from an Eero Saarinen uh, Saarinen dis, uh, dis designed uh, font. That's a that's absolutely amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I, now I don't want to sound I elevators. 
I don't want to sound repetitious here, Jim. Okay. Uh, <laughs> having known you since we were 14. But again, that does sound made up. Are you sure that's true? I'm I'm pretty sure it's true because uh, back back in my days at Fordham University in the Bronx, right? When, uh, I had back... uh, moved 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 into communications as a as a as a possible career, mistakenly. <laughs> so uh, I had I had toured the CBS building, and that was pointed out to me as uh, what the technology of building the CBS building, which was. Uh, Constructed in around in the late mid '60s, I think it was like '65, '66, and around there was when they finally opened it, and uh, it was kind of the peak of uh, Saarinen's design phase of, of squarish buildings. Usually, he's known for things like um, uh, Dulles Airport and stuff like that, just making those very uh, flowing, you know, swooping things. But here, he built the CBS building, which has mm -hmm. rather conventional proportions i mean along the lines of uh his other, you know the the un building but a lot more squarish looking thing but he just wanted to make it as clean cut as possible right down to the fonts on the elevators well not to overshare about elevators <laughs> uh but uh for those who are listening to this and wondering about the otis elevator background it was named after a gentleman uh who started the business in yonkers new york and he demonstrated uh, the claim the fame for Otis elevators were that they were safe because he had patented these certain brakes that if the cable broke, they would keep the elevator in uh, place as opposed to it plumbing to death like in the movie. Which one? Anyone? Kate and Leopold? Or you're talking about the movie Hotel. No. Oh, that's a good one. I was thinking speed, but well done. You're right. Hotel. With a good helmet. Yeah, Hotel. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it, that's not the point of this story. The point is he actually demonstrated the safety of this elevator during the World's Fair in New York by cutting the cable, standing on top of it. It's suspended in the air like 100 feet. Wow. wow. Yeah, for those who – and by the and way – it worked. And it worked. Yeah. And uh, uh, now Otis is owned by United, United Technologies. And they yeah. ha up in Hartford, Connecticut. And they have this gigantic building that is specifically designed to train elevator uh, people how to repair elevators. And it's pitch. it's got no windows. And it's this, it looks like this gigantic monolith where they have different... Uh, they install different um, elevators in it for to give people um, a testing ground for repairs in realistic uh, situations. Hmm. What is your favorite uh, elevator movie, Peter? Mine? Well, you know that's a great yes. question because I can't think of one. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite. Well, uh, no, that's not the true. Very definition that's of a, a great not, question. Uh, that, 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 that towering inferno, of course. Yeah, that, that's oh, what I would. Sure. I would go with towering. I mean, that, that's, got, that's low hanging fruit. I mean, especially yeah, when. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you've got you've got the you've got the interior elevator. Then you've got the exterior elevator with right. Fred Astaire. So yeah, it's. And uh, then of course, just, I feel bad about the lady falling out, but she does give the baby away before she falls out. Yeah. Ah, so I mean, she got can we just talk for just a moment about the irony of you, you of you describing the towering inferno as low hanging fruit? 
Oh, well done, well put, well said. Just a minute. See, I get that. You know what? I didn't. I didn't. That's why being around you guys is just like the the synergy here is overwhelming. It is. Table quality. The atmosphere crackles, doesn't it? But I'm a little confused. What does this got to do with the minute that we're talking about? Well, um, elevators and elevators movies were, and things. Okay, because I was thinking but, the you know, pump room was going to be the issue, but okay, go on. <laughs> but speaking oh. of, of this minute, and actually the minute uh, the minute prior we talked about yesterday, there is one other uh, one other uh, sort of um, anachronistic. Well, ah. I guess it's not. It's it's appropriate for the time. But one other feature that we see that we uh, I don't think we see in in uh, hotels anymore. But maybe there's some mechanism. But that is, of course, all the, the essentially the mailboxes in the background. Yes. And there's there appears to be one for every room, and several of them have mail in it. I, I have had things like when I've gone to trade shows, I've had you know sort of welcome packets and things left for me at the front desk. I've never gotten mail at a hotel. You know, never been in one long enough where that would be a, a practical thing. But but how but you actually? How, how does that work? Great, great minds think alike, because uh, you've got to, It's it's used for something else, and what happened was in the scene where he goes to check the box, right? He's checking for what? He's he's trying to find out if they've checked out or the bill. The key. See what happened would be you. Uh, that's he. Remember he puts his hand up there. He wants yeah. to see if if her key was there. That means she's out. The you know that's key... true. If you look really closely at a couple of those little slots, you can see what looks like maybe part of a key fob sticking out. Not correct. Just, not just and, that, that, and I was laughing. I, I had that down. He goes, he what it does? He goes to check her the, where her room is. Then he turns and he goes and he puts his hand up. What he's doing is to see whether or not she's actually in the hotel or not. That's how you do it. Wow. So uh, so people people would leave the key Correct. In, they would leave the key at the front desk. As huh. a part of security what you would do is if you you've seen a lot of uh, movies from the 40s or 50s it was very common for people that's how you because they you would leave the key because you wouldn't want to go somewhere and misplace it. So where huh. else do you leave it? You leave it at the front desk. So what he does is with the key not there, that means then she is, in theory, upstairs. And interestingly, she has mail that she hasn't picked up. Yeah. There you go. Is, uh, the, the box he, he feels in has uh, an envelope in it. And, and, uh, and not to get too deep in the weeds, but one thing that you the front, he does not have the front desk, which is now really mandated uh, with, all hotel, with majority hotels, especially full-service ones, um, a name badge. Oh, right. No, no, no name badge. Hmm. They, they do now. They, that's kind of, kind of like a brand standard that uh, people's uh, name badges are displayed. Not necessarily the, their actual names, I would assume. <laughs> right, right. Incognito, right? Well, uh, there's a. I know. I know. The, I know the uh, the Disney uh, hotels. If you le- if you don't wear your name badge. You're issued one. It's the same name for everybody who left their name badge home. And if you if you meet somebody at, at any Disney property that says they're Chris from Orlando, that is uh, that's their default. That's the Lester Mainwaring of uh, of hotel of hotel badges for the really? Disney properties. Jim, I love you. I mean, how you know? <laughs> uh, I mean, it sounds like that's kind of true. 
and, and that's what it's yeah, always you know you know google google but, google uh, disney chris orlando and you'll you know how the... i bet you if he's you know myself and, and jim talk on a regular basis and it goes without fail that every time we have some kind of conversation, he shares with me some tidbit. I, I sit there and go, huh, now that sounds kind of legitimate. And, uh, it sounds very plausible. It sounds – that's exactly the word. It sounds very plausible. What he's saying is probably right. – it might be true. So uh, that does sound very plausible, Jim. But we all know it could just be another tall tale from the Jim O'Keefe pantheon of lies. I mean, well, you know, let's face I, it. there is a website, if you must know, but I don't want to go into it. I do know this. When Jim uh, came to visit uh, us years ago, he went on the back deck and he was calling off all these trees. And he left. My, son, my wife turns to me and goes, is, is, is that true? All those trees he named her crew? I go, I don't know, but let's buy a book. And next time he comes, we're going to fact check him. So we have this book. And he has never been back since then, but we are prepared to throw down the gauntlet of uh, accuracy when he does come it's back. It's not a beach, it's an alder tree. No, yeah, well, that's exactly it. So you think I'm kidding. Aren't they we all have, the large? We have, we call yeah. the Jim o, we have the Jim O'Kane book, and we are ready to go toe-to-toe with him because, you know, we, we're in the middle of a forest. So anybody comes yeah. back here and says, oh, blue, that's a blah-blah tree. I go, really? I, I, I'm no uh, tree expert, but let's get the yeah, book you out. You know, I... Uh, don't and, get defensive. Is, I'm, is, uh, I'm sure you believe what no, you're no, saying no, is true. Is... <laughs> so that's no, this, the important yeah, thing. This, okay. I I even remember I remember the conversation and yes. I remember the tree the very tree that set <sighs> this off is we were at, we were looking at a sassafras tree that was in your backyard mm. and sassafras sassafras is rather rather unique in mm. uh, the eastern United States mm-hmm. that it it is on one tree you have three different kinds of leaves. You have a, uh, a, 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 a zero-fronded leaf. You have a one-fronded leaf and a double-fronded mm. leaf, and it's all on the same tree. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a sassafras tree. And uh, so for folks, if you're, if you're in a backyard and you happen to see a tree and you're in the, let's say, southeastern United States, and you see a tree with three different leaves on the same tree that are mm-hmm. all different, that's probably a sassafras tree. Well, Jim, I don't believe I don't think anyone likes to show off. So again, uh, I, I, we'll, we'll we'll work on the, the the leap that you are sharing with us information that can be proven. So well done, okay. I guess. But I'll try. I, I know. I mean, I love you. You know that. But so I'm just trying to help the book industry, Peter. Because obviously, you've gone out, made a sale. Some some guy has been waiting for somebody to pick up that Audubon's guide to you right know, to, to the trees of what northern Georgia. Right, yeah. right. Oh, Thanks, okay. Amazon. There you go. Let me go look it up right now. But uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what about flora, let's talk fauna. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, so, uh, go on. And, and, and what I find amusing a, is we've not gotten to the main part of this minute I wanted to share you about, but that's okay. okay. Let, let's, no, let's no, no. To, let's get to the let's get to the because I want to I want to know about the pump room because I'm assuming <laughs> right. that's what you're going to talk about. Exactly. I mean, this is a but you know I mean if you're if you're good to go, I mean, can we move on? Yeah. I, I know you're busy. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. We've, we're, we're, time is money, and we got yeah. we're, we're we've got to wrap it up soon. But, right, uh, we, right, right, right. So anyway, the pump room. I've yes. been there. Yes, I've been there. And uh, now this is it's very funny because, um, you know, that that is a famous bar that they unfortunately did away with the name and it had been around since like, who knows, but the 30s or something. Um, A little trivia uh, point here is that Phil Collins 
named one of his albums No Jacket Required because of his experience going into the pump room. Because uh, at the time, uh, it was on the, going down. So it used to require jackets, uh, but they transitioned over to, you've got, you know, no, uh, I think the uh, shirts and sandals uh, criteria. It went in a different direction. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, there's uh, what I found interesting about the pump room. That scene, if you look at it carefully, you see a couple. I thought at, for, at first it was a reflection, but yeah. instead it's a gentleman on the other side of that window. Mm-hmm. That would have been the perfect location for uh, Hitchcock's cameo. Yes. Oh, yeah. But, but by, by night, yeah, that would that would have been ideal. But unfortunately, uh, Hitchcock at the time was so sick to death of having his cameos being noticed, he stuffed it in at the beginning of the movie just to get it out of the way. Yeah, I know. But still, looking for him. You know, uh, of yeah, course, I agree. My, I agree. my my favorite is Lifeboat, of course, uh, with the with the uh, yes. uh, newspaper. Yeah. Newspaper. Uh, yeah. But that that was I thought it would be uh, a much more interesting. That's just my two cents for what it's worth. Um, oh, totally agreement. You know, I think the poem. It's funny when you look at that. It's it's well, the, it's interesting seeing um, uh, uh, a location that is sixty years ago that was so well known that forty years later you go, oh, I was there. <laughs> so wow. I, I thought, it, yeah, I mean, the bar itself is nothing to write. I mean, it's okay now. Back when I was there. It was probably between. It was the twilight between its heyday and waiting for um, a renovation. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It was well on its way toward being in a Lou Reed video. Yeah, and uh, you know, same with the. We actually, um, I stayed at the Congress Hotel, um, which is right down the street from here, and this is back in the '90s when this thing called the internet. Uh, was still relatively new, and my assistant booked uh, a room through a website called Expedia, uh, and she said, "Well, oh, this is the cheapest hotel in town. Let me book him here." And uh, actually, I went with um, somebody who I was not dating, married to at the time, Karen, and the Congress Hotel was similar to the Ambassador at the time uh, that they were considered a um, tired lower end hotels and uh you you definitely uh there was a perception that you weren't you didn't feel very safe uh staying in these places so uh, all it takes is money you know 25 million later boom you got a a brand new uh reimagined hotel sparkling hotel so it was interesting it's it's unfortunate i i don't recall the rest of the movie whether or not he ever has a cocktail in the pump room or not uh, but uh, it, it was it was very neat seeing it right there. That was definitely um, a snapshot in time. Yes. Ah. So and yeah, days days long gone now, unfortunately. Correct. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, this is uh this has been really marvelous having you on, Peter. Uh, you are as always a maven, a, a pundit, and a an expert on the hospitality industry. Thank and you. Of, and of days gone by. Thank you for thank you for your long career in serving others. And thank uh, and you for your to. and thank you for your infinite knowledge on all things relevant to me in one way or another. 
you know, you, you, I, I I have been a I have been a member of the school of Peter Regan for many many decades. You know, uh, before and, there was Google in my world, there was you, Jim. You know that, <laughs> and uh, that's why I would. Uh, how you don't know this, but back in the days, I used to call Jim and ask him. He was my he was my version of Siri, before there was a Siri, <laughs> and uh, and my wife would ask me. Why do you take what he's saying at face value? I go, I don't know. It, it technically, he sounds like it's really true. So, it's uh, that possibility ha- again. It, it, exactly. Yeah. So, my hat's off to you, both of you guys, doing a great job. <laughs> I'm a longtime fan of your uh, Rocketeer Minute, by the way. It helped me um, with many a trips um, up to uh, Maine. So, I always enjoyed listening oh, to great. you guys. You, you, you definitely um, did some terrific episodes there. Uh, especially with uh, your uh, ability to get the uh, uh, people that you did on that uh, that podcast. So for those who have not listened to you, The Rocketeer, I very highly recommend it. Thank you very much for your endorsement. It, it means a lot here. It really does. And, Absolutely. Uh, that, that's where we're having this show. But uh, for people who like to hear other uh, talented uh, Movies by Minutes podcasters, go check out our previous episodes on HitchcockMinute.com. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and Google Play and or wherever your fine podcasters pick up your podcasts. Uh, if you like to talk back with us, we are always available on social media at uh, Facebook, The Man on Washington's Nose, or on Twitter, Hitchcock Minute. Uh, we will see you back here tomorrow as we continue uh, more hoteling uh, here on The Hitchcock Minute. Goodbye, Mr. Thornhill, wherever you are.